Welcome to the Musicians Injury Awareness Week with things musicians don't talk about. Chronic playing injuries are a part of our lives as musicians, either through our own experience or that of our friends and colleagues. Playing-related pain is even more common, with up to 90% of musicians reporting pain in relation to their instrument at some point in their lives. After asking openly on our Instagram whether someone would like to speak about their injury experience, the response was overwhelming. It became clear to us that this is an issue about which musicians feel misunderstood. We are determined to explore it further. Musicians Injury Awareness Week was created by us at Things Musicians Don't Talk About for the week of the 15th to the 21st of November in the hope that we can share the stories of musicians, teachers and physicians. Through podcasts, social media content and resources and live events in partnership with the UK Conservatoires, we are ensuring that anyone struggling with injury can have access to peer support and the correct medical advice. We urge you to take part in any way you can. Use the hashtag MIAW2021 and tag us at TMDTA Podcast if you want to share your own journey with an injury. It honestly means the world that you're here and you're listening, and we can't wait to share some inspirational stories with you. Hi, I'm Murphy and I am London-based and I went to Guildhall School Music Drama between 2015 and 2019 to study saxophone and um, clarinet and flute, so um, woodwind doubling. And I went there to basically just do a lot of West End stuff and musicals. But um, in my last term, I had a jaw injury, which meant I had to cut my degree quickly and I couldn't play saxophone anymore Um so I had to kind of rethink my sort of career path and it took me a while to so I had a massive break of doing anything between like May and September and now I do a lot of DJing and I do radio production and music production and I also work in a lot of schools and I'm much happier I think doing that <laughs> yeah. and don't really do much saxophone stuff anymore but that's fine. At the start of fourth year, I started to notice a lot of like lactic acid buildup in my mouth. And I kind of thought that was, you know, that was a good thing. You know, it's muscle buildup, no pain, no gain. When you build muscle, when you go to the gym, you go through kind of a few days of like pain. Then that means your muscles getting stronger. So I kind of associated my pain in my mouth as that. But the thing is, it didn't ever go away. There was never any recovery. It was always just constant lactic acid. And I kind of just brushed that away because I kind of thought, okay, I'm just making it up in my head because, you know, you hear a lot of people with RSI in their wrists, but you never hear any of RSI in your jaw or any sort of like facial sort of like pain or anything. And then it got to, that started to happen in the start of September then in November, I did a big, long rehearsal, a big recording, and I noticed a massive twinge in my jaw. And I kind of realised, oh, gosh, I just, yeah, I felt that twinge. And I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. And ever since then, it was just really painful. And I played on it from November to March. And when it got to March, I couldn't really hold my jaw, like my mouth, onto the saxophone. And yeah, that's when I thought, OK, I need to actually go and see what this is about. So I contacted help musicians who referred me to Batpam. They were really friendly and made me feel less alienated about it. And it stopped being chronic pain, which is good. Um, it's painful when I play now, but it used to just be painful in general when I laughed, when I ate apples. It's funny, that whole, that period of being injured and September was actually the biggest blur ever. Because I think I was just so dazed and confused and I had a lot of like tours and like 
just like gig stuff I had to like reschedule so I felt like that summer was just like spent rejuggling things so I had to do the BAPAM and like help me sessions thing I think I contacted them through the website but I was really slow applying to their emails and they were super speedy replying to my emails so like I have no excuse for it to like for like it was quite a slow process, but that was my fault, like, basically. But, um, yeah, so I went to BatPam, and they kind of gave me sort of, like, a checkup, basically, and I think I went to... I'm going to call it a musician doctor, but that's probably not the technical term. And she explained what she thinks was wrong with my job, um, and then she referred me to um, Physio Ed in Holly Street, and I, basically I was given, like, a bursary to get a certain amount of physio, so it was like whenever I needed it so I had it weekly for a bit and then when it calmed down it was just like whenever like I felt like rise up again and yeah that basically kind of sorted out um this sort of chronic pain side of it to be honest I'm, I remember being quite glad like I couldn't play because I think I had a lot a lot of sort of trauma behind like my instrument just from like pressure from school pressure at college so I think my mind gave up before my body gave up and like it just took me a while to clock on that my body was given up so I was almost glad but I was just I was glad but stuck in a way it was like I spent I spent a good two months studying like offer and like wanted to, not wanted to be conducted but thinking oh maybe I can do conducting instead so I was definitely lost like really really lost um but then I went on a date and we went to um spirit land which is like a really nice um bar in king's cross and i saw like someone being a vinyl dj and i remember thinking oh like this song hasn't stopped yet it's like oh because they're mixing vinyl hmm what is dj and i actually did my dissertation on djing but i'm not gonna lie i knew nothing about it and i'm and 30 like 30 was a horrendous time and i've not even checked my market for my dissertation because i know it's yeah no i know it's absolute yeah it's probably not a good mark and I, that's okay i'm fine with that but i knew absolutely nothing about it so i had no right to write about it but i had all these books about it i was like i'm gonna read a little bit about it and i was like oh actually i should check this person out check this person out and so i'd realize oh i really liked it but the stuff i liked is stuff i don't like now and then like you know in any sort of i think don't feel like this is classical music. I feel like if you try to talk about classical music to someone, it's a competition, it's a big fight. I was like, who knows what note the trumpets are playing in this Mahler symphony in this bar? But I feel like with the dance music stuff, everyone's very much about like sharing their like tracks because you know, dance music's huge. There's so much of it, and like we're not gonna know everything. You know, like yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't probably don't know like like a tenth of like electronic musicians out there and it's just really exciting but um so yeah i just kind of made a lot of kind of electronic dance music friends just through chatting to people and i started to realize oh i like this i like that and then i got involved with threads which is really nice and i've learned a lot from threads and then i started producing with a friend um and yeah i guess that's it really it's very new still i feel like i'm still like a little baby so you know what it's so bittersweet i think the injury yeah, I think I'm very lucky, but I think in a way it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, but I think I'm a very lucky that I found this love and I've landed in this sort of realm instead. Um, it could have definitely gone another way. And I think about some people sometimes and think, if you had an injury, what will you like? What will you do? Because it's hard to like, especially like in small institutions, especially music colleges, it's such like a bubble. It's such like a bubble, and it's hard. I think Guildhall's good that it shows you there's like different 
it's not just your instrument there's different ways you can go and i think guildhall does really push that which i think is good because it's realistic as well even if you don't injure yourself you know it's not it's not definite that like you will do what you're doing and guildhall is good for being like actually there's this thing you can do there's that thing you can do so um yeah there's definitely a point to that but i don't remember what it was it's so nice actually so i um in my last term of uni my saxophone teacher christian forshaw best best never he uh, went to do a tour with hugh jackman um in germany and um it was the, the greatest showman tour <laughs> it was basically hugh jackman singing all the greatest showman tunes my mum nearly bought a ticket for it without knowing my teacher was playing in it but um yes yeah, so he went to do that and just the day before he um went off on his flight, I like called him and I was like, I'm not, and I like called him and I was like, I'm not sure if I should do my final exam because I can't, like, I, like John's in so in so much pain, I don't know what to do. So just before his flight, so he left his family early to meet me at King's Cross just before his flight to talk about it. And like, yeah, so yeah, they were all very supportive. It was just me being a little bit like, oh, I don't really know if I should talk about it to them because I'm just being silly. And Richard Benjafield, who um, is the head of Woodwind at Guildhall, was very supportive about it as well. I think he went through like a tinnitus thing in college. So he was very empathetic about like injury through uni. So I'm kind of glad it went happened whilst I was at Guildhall because I think if it didn't happen when I was at Guildhall, I think it definitely would have happened at some point. And I think I definitely would have felt alone about it and unsure about yeah unsure about who to go to mm. and I think having an institution to support you was actually definitely like the best thing I think for me yeah I got that whole sort of like formal like final especially Guildhall because the final exam is just like a little party as well and like I did miss that a lot but I was kind of thinking actually I can't I can't do my final exam in this day it'll be a shambles anyway I mean I, I can play for more than 10 minutes, so not possible. So I logistically, I saw it in the logistical way. It's like, logistically, I can't do my final exam. So, yeah, I mean, I'm missing out, but that's fine. Um, I think, I mean, maybe I was just very, very lucky with my tutors. And I have heard, like, horror stories about teachers not being supportive. But I'm just very lucky, I guess. I remember the last time I ever played soprano saxophone, and that was like my main instrument. And that was like the one that kind of caused the jaw injury. I remember the last time I put it in the case was April 2018. And that was the last I've seen of it. So that was a bit, that's something I always remember. Because that's, I don't know, that was like my sort of home instrument. And like I would not be able to play that because it's a lot of back pressure if I'm soprano. It's definitely like the hardest in that sort of sense. But um, no, I haven't played it since. I do like a little bit, you know, just for teaching and demonstrating. But I had a dream once actually, and this is a horrific dream. I had a dream that um, my teacher called me up like a few hours before like a concerto. He was like, Murphy, I can't play this concerto. Can you fill in for me? And I was like... Um, I haven't played the saxophone to you. It's like, yeah, it's fine. You'll just do it. It's a glass enough. You can do it. And of course, I knew the glass enough. I remember just standing there and just like in my dress and just thinking, I've not played the saxophone in such a long time, but here we go. <laughs> and then my dream cut off just before I played the, the first note. So, Help Me Session is super, super quick. Um, if you're on it, they're on it. So, you know what? There's actually no excuse not to get it sorted because, no, I, no, that's very, that's very harsh of me. Like, there is that mentality of being like, oh, actually, like, is it true? You know, it's, there's no harm checking it out. If, even if, even if it's just a small little thing, there's no harm checking it out. That's their job. Um, 
Yeah, and you know what? If it does get as bad as mine, it's not the end of the world. And actually, music's massive, and you can find something else. So, yeah, and you know, your life is not just your instrument. And actually, ever since I've stopped playing saxophone, I've like managed to free myself up. My mind's like freed more. Well, I feel like there's more opportunities because I don't play the saxophone. Because I used to do white water kayaking a lot. Classic Scottish person. Do lots, used to do a lot of white water kayaking, and I stopped that because I was like really scared. I'd like hurt my wrists. So that's something I'm sad I stopped. I don't do white water kayaking now because I live in London, but it's one of those things that's like I stopped that because of that. So it's actually kind of made me realise actually there's much more than just playing saxophone and now playing a saxophone for me is just blowing into like a metal tube and making like an alright sound and it just doesn't feel very creative and like I guess performing, music performance is supposed to be the pinnacle of creativity in the music world but I don't don't think it is, there's so much more you can do with music but yeah that's my thoughts alright good, I think we're done we're done. Wicked. Yes. Okay.